Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. As a reminder, you can watch the show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. This week, we have a great show for you. We're going to talk about the big news. Cosmo is now part of the MGM family. What will that mean? What's the time frame for the full integration of Cosmo? And will this ruin the experience? Plus, Vegas Loop is actually going to start next year in 2023, but the way they're building it out is strange. And uh, there's some other quirks we want to talk about as this underground mass transit system becomes part of Vegas lore. Plus, Vegas is going to plant 60,000 trees. We'll also talk about cruise ship casinos, and I'll compare Royal Caribbean to Carnival, and a lot more than that. Stick around. If you like this show, don't forget to subscribe. Just search MTM Vegas in any podcast app. If you're on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate five-star reviews. Helps us out a lot. Tell a friend. And don't forget, you can watch all this stuff at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And for all of our Vegas podcasts, videos, and posts, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see the Lovers and Friends Festival in Vegas this last weekend? Now, there was a little bit of craziness. They thought there was a security incident. Some people ran away. I think some people got hurt. But just, did you see the picture of the crowds? I don't know that I've ever seen an event in Las Vegas with such dense crowds. It was sort of crazy. Yeah, it sounds like a EDC name or Lovers and Drugs. and <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, the crowds were nuts. I mean, I've never been a big festival person just because, you know, when you're in a group that big and, you know, people get trampled all the time. We've seen that quite a few few times over the last year or two. It just seems like not my type of thing, but that was insane. And it was it's like my worst nightmare all coming together. Like when you're body to body like this in an open space it just feels not like a great uh moment plus you know you could see how far back they were like you couldn't even see the stage i wouldn't think that well so it's just insane and and the prices man i don't know what what i guess people have money to blow you don't like 18 dollar hot dogs i mean what was with those prices <laughs> uh 10 lemonades and it's just funny like everything was the same price 18 dollars for any food item uh they were uh, certainly making tons of money there yeah, I get like, you know, alcohol drinks, whatever. You expect that festivals, Vegas, period, you know, sporting events. But $18, I mean, I've never seen a hot dog <laughs> over like six or seven bucks at any big event. That's just insanity. And I hope people like they burned a whole bunch because they nobody would buy them. Like they just ate all that product or something or gave them away at the end. You know, we don't want to throw away food, but it's just who's paying $18, man. That's just a nuts. It better be like a foot long. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a mini one. But just think, even if they threw away like nine out of every ten, they'd still make a profit. All right, so let's get into the show. I'm here in Stockholm, Sweden, on the Voyager of the Seas. We're parked, so I got some great uh, internet from the from my cell phone, so it's working pretty good here. And uh, you can see I'm in a suite, which is really cool. I've talked about that on the MTM podcast. Uh, we have our regular miles travel points podcast. I did a whole episode on cruise hacking a couple weeks ago. If people want to talk about that, we'll talk about cruise ship casinos a little bit later in this show as well. Uh, but uh, how are things going out there? Not too bad. We had uh, like 90 degrees this past weekend. So everybody was like melting and we went from 50 to 90 um, as it is in Michigan. So there's no spring really. We just went straight to summer. Well, uh, we'll talk about summer too in Vegas a little later because apparently Vegas has gotten hotter and hotter, like six degrees hotter over the last few decades, which is insane. But let's start with Cosmo. MGM has, as of the time this uh, episode has come out, MGM has officially taken over Cosmo. The uh, the old Cosmo is dead. The new uh, lion-led Cosmo is here. Are you uh, sad? Are you a little worried? 
Yeah, big time worried. You're pretty much soon you got poop on your toilets and everything else at the Cosmo, so. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just worried about because the maintenance and the cleaning and stuff. You haven't really heard an issue of that at Cosmo. And now with MGM, you've heard about that at pretty much all, uh, you know, MGM properties. And even, you know, earlier this week, we had a video about Bellagio and my room in Bellagio was not in great shape and stuff. So you just worry, like, I'm sure it'll be fine for a year or two. But as that maintenance builds up, and you know, they have issues with cleaning and stuff, I think it will deteriorate over the next couple years, sadly. That's my guess, at least. Yeah, so it's going to take a little bit of time. So hopefully we still have a little bit of time where the old uh, Cosmo shines through. Most uh, employees are being allowed to stay, and then they're able to transfer to other MGM properties eventually. So that's good for employees. But it's going to take up to a year for MGM to fully integrate Cosmopolitan into their sort of structure. Uh, Identity Rewards is going to stick around for now. Uh, Probably as soon as they get everything integrated that will go away for mgm rewards uh the sports book i think within 90 days they're going to take it over change it into bet mgm and then uh a year to sort of uh feel it out but i'm sure by the end it's going to be a fully integrated mgm property although one thing is going to remain different at least for now they announced that the marriott partnership is in place probably because there's a contract or something but uh, no hyatt partnership at least in the beginning Uh, for Cosmopolitan. Yeah, I was a bit surprised by that, you know, and people are wondering, is this, are they trying it out to see if they're going to switch all the properties to Marriott from Hyatt and and all that? I mean, it's not a big deal to a lot of people, unless you're a big Hyatt uh, fan, you know, you're you're missing out on being able to redeem points there and earn points there. For most people, they probably don't care. Most gamblers probably don't care. Um, And there's a lot more Marriott people than there are Hyatt people. So I'm sure there's quite a few people that are excited about this, that they keep earning their Marriott stuff. Now, I do wonder, you know, Cosmo was always pretty good at showing Marriott status holders some love. You know, MGM has not done that so much with Hyatt. So I wonder if that will slip, you know, where Marriott people will show up and then be like, oh, we're not honoring status anymore or anything like that and treat it the way they treat Hyatt. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. That would be my guess, uh, but we won't know until, until we see how it plays out. Yeah, we don't know what the details of the contract are and, you know, what it would cost MGM to buy out Marriott. So uh, hopefully, I mean, everything is sort of guaranteed and it'll stay there. But I would fully expect that as Cosmo gets integrated, as these contracts run out, that it'll be eventually aligned with the rest of the MGM properties. Uh, Hyatt's been a longtime partner there. So I wouldn't be surprised down the line if we see Cosmo uh, become part of that Hyatt partnership. Uh, But for now, if you like Marriott, if you like getting Bonvoid, then then you're in luck because Cosmo stays there. I know, like, people were saying, well, what if, you know, maybe this is a chance for them to switch everything to Marriott. And I'm like, well, Marriott probably will not give them a good impression. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. worry too much about that. And I think it's been a good partnership for Hyatt and MGM. We don't know the back and forth between the companies, but it seems like it's been a very positive partnership with them uh, going back, I don't know, what, six years, I think. So uh, it's been pretty good. Now, there was one other bit of Cosmo news this week, and that's that as Blackstone is leaving or at least they're leaving the operations side, they're still going to own like 80% of the land uh, along with uh, the Panda Express people. Which is so but, weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, but with they Panda left. Express. <laughs> no, yeah, the trust of the people oh, who no. own Panda Express as a partner it's, owner, you know. So Vegas is so weird. I don't, I don't understand yeah. it. It's, it's strange. But they, uh, they're giving every employee $5,000. Uh, Bill McBeath, the CEO in this party, they announced that. They said that these employees helped them you know, make this successful deal. Obviously, they made some money selling the operations for uh, for a decent profit, and it uh, cost them about $27 million to share with over 5,000 employees. 
$5,000 each. So uh, in an era where we sort of criticize corporate Vegas, I feel like uh, they deserve some props for doing this. Yeah, and I think this is something they said, you know, a year or so ago, didn't they? Like, hey, stay with us, and if you keep the sale price up there, we'll we'll make sure to take care of you. So I'm glad they did. That's pretty cool. And, you know, you said earlier that it will open up that dealers can go to MGM and vice versa um, properties. So, you know, we've always talked about what dealers make, and everybody says Cosmo is the best for tips and stuff. So I do wonder if, like, the best dealers at other MGM properties are going to try to move into Cosmo now since they can keep, you know, their their – their years in service and everything like that. So will that make Cosmo like a dealer haven uh, for players and then kind of take the best from everywhere else? So that'll be interesting to see play out. But this is cool that they're all getting that that money and well-deserved. And I'm glad they you know kept their word in that, that fact. Yeah, Blackstone's head of strategic investments said, our success was completely attributable to the people on the ground, the people cleaning the rooms, working the restaurants, working the front desk, dealing cards. I think this is just a very small way for us to show our appreciation. I also think it's cool that you know every employee, top to bottom, no matter what your position is, is getting this amount of money, not giving you know the janitors one amount and the dealers another amount and everything else. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, for for a lot of these people, five thousand dollars will probably be what they make in a couple months. So this is pretty massive. I mean, I, I should have signed up to work there on the weekends or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take 5000 bucks. All right. So, yeah, good news uh, when it comes to that. We'll see how it goes with the Cosmo integration, but uh, it will become an MGM property. I know there's a lot of people that are excited about that because uh, it is, in my opinion, the second best hotel in Las Vegas behind Wynn Encore, but I could certainly make an argument that it's the best, uh, just depending if you want more of that traditional luxury or more of that contemporary luxury. But they do a great job. The service is great, everything. I was going to say, I think it's the best for nightlife. Like if you want to go and every bar is busy and has a good crowd and atmosphere and stuff, it's expensive, but I think it's the best place to go hang out. You know, Uh, last trip, like we said in a previous episode, my friends went there and they just said, that's all you got to do is really go to Cosmo and you're going to have a good time versus trying to go to the hottest club at this place or that place. You can just hop around there, bar hop there, and and you're going to always have a good bar. For sure. So let's hope it, uh, it stays that way. All right, let's uh, pivot to the Vegas Loop, your favorite thing to, to talk trash about. Oh, boy. And, all right, so uh, coming into the National uh, Association of Broadcasters uh, meeting last month, we expected the Resorts World station to open, and they basically have dug a tunnel from the convention center to Resorts World. It's a one-way tunnel, so they don't have a two-way tunnel at this point. But the thing that we learned this so week is that... Worthless. <laughs> maybe, because the thing that we learned this week is that they still haven't got approval to open it, so we don't know the opening date, although Resorts World has said it'll be coming soon. But this tunnel goes from Resorts World to a new station called the LVCC Riviera Station, which is you know right where Riviera was on sort of the north side of that property. It doesn't connect to the existing stations right now, uh, the other three stations that are part of the convention center loop. So if you went from Resorts World, you're going to end up on the north end of the property. If you need to get to like the, the main hall or the other areas of the convention center, you literally have to walk across the parking lot to the uh, to the west station, and then uh, you could connect into the thing. Now, eventually, they're going to put it all together, uh, but that's where that is right now. So, before we go into the other news with the the Vegas Loop, what do you think about uh, about that? Well, like uh, it's not open because what can you do with it if it's one way? What do they get back? Do they get out of the tunnel and drive the streets back to? The- <laughs> 
<laughs> no, they put a light, and you know they they let so many cars go one way, and oh, then they geez. they clear the tunnel because it's not that oh, long. I mean, like, you're basically like road, yeah, but it's like road construction. That's horrible. Yeah, it's like it's like those temporary lights that they put up. Yeah, when they're when they're like doing construction on a two lane road. The other bit of news is they said that they expect some version of the Vegas Loop to be open by next year. And uh, this is what they said. They said they're going to build separate phases that start and then they tie in together. Um, so, for instance, uh, the Allegiant Stadium to Tropicana area is going to be one phase. Uh, the Caesars Loop will be another phase, which is all the Caesars properties. And then the Resorts World Westgate Convention Center will be another one. And then they're going to, I guess, build the main tunnels to to bridge them together. I don't know if that's going if that's a money issue, but you're going to end up with all these disconnected systems that will eventually connect sort of strange and then of course they're not supposedly going to be free these are the convention center ones free right now but the other ones will have a you know a cost i think the resorts world one's going to have a cost too when it opens so it's going to be messy for a while with uh, vegas loop for sure but boring just got a bunch of funding i think the company's worth about six billion dollars now so uh you know there there is money behind the company so hopefully they will be able to make this all work in the end it's just going to end up being more tunnels for the homeless to sleep in Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you got a lot of you got all the players in Las Vegas behind this. And I mean what they're promising is a system that'll go to every major area you want. It's going to take years to build that out. Obviously, they're trying to figure out the best way to do that, but uh, I feel like now, the more of these stations they can get built, the more chance it has to succeed. Did I see the numbers right? They're saying 2200 people are supposed to be able to to go on this one-way tunnel an hour. Like how is Just that? in the resorts world. Yeah, the resorts world to the convention center because it's a very short tunnel. So it doesn't take that long to get from one side to the other. Uh, yeah, so to, uh, I think I a little over 2,000 an hour. The the real life number is going to be around 1,000, I bet, when they start doing it. Yeah, I mean, that would make more sense given that it's a one-way tunnel. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. This is a bit of a surprise. I don't know why they didn't uh, connect it. But they did say that the most difficult tunnel that they're going to do in the entire system will be the one that connects the resorts world station to the main convention center line so perhaps that's why they only built it to the north side they said it's gonna because of the turn it's gonna have a sharp turn in it it's going to take the uh the boring machine you know basically to its limits in order to make that turn and to dig that tunnel so that's probably why they didn't do it this way but yeah challenges galore for this company but you're kind of seeing them make it up as they go it's kind of interesting uh you know las vegas a big test uh, case i guess yeah, if it all works out, then you, I'm sure this will end up making it other places, other cities, stuff like that. So you, you just got to go with the lumps, I guess, because you're the first one. So see how it plays out. But I'm still skeptical. I mean, I've, I'm sure it will be useful at some point, but I, I don't know how long in the future that's going to be. Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, but uh, certainly, yeah, there's definitely challenges. And yeah, it's not as uh, clear cut as they want to make it seem. All right, so let's pivot. And this press release came out this last week from Choice Hotels. And uh, I recently, I just stayed at a Choice Hotel in in Copenhagen, the Clarion at the Copenhagen airport. And in the Scandinavian region, Choice Hotels have a lot of luxury hotels, a lot of high-end hotels. But in the United States, they're not really known for that, right? They're known for their very kind of lower-end properties. But they have what they call the Ascend Collection, which is their quote-unquote luxury uh, high-end collection of hotels. And guess which Las Vegas hotel is joining? (laughs) Wait, wait, we're going to get into this press release because they said some amazing things in it. But uh, which hotel is, uh, you tell everybody which hotel is joining Choice's high-end Ascend collection. I mean, the most luxurious uh, kids hotel ever, Circus Circus. 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> and this is what they said, Mark. Circus Circus adds more than 3,700 rooms to Choice's upscale portfolio, allowing guests to stay in the epicenter of Las Vegas with fantastic accommodations and access to top-notch entertainment for the whole family. So, uh, yeah, what, what part of that was true? <laughs> <laughs> They're not in the center. Uh, luxury, best accommodations, upscale portfolio. Uh, I mean, they're I stretching think, a little bit. Can you think of a worse hotel on the Strip? <laughs> uh, the Travelodge can't. that's out in front of Circus Circus? I, don't I mean, know. But I'm talking like a casino hotel. Like, can you think of a worse Strip casino hotel? Yeah, no, nah, not really, no. <laughs> Not, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, most Harris of them have been renovated. Is like, Harris oh, is God. luxury compared to <laughs> Harris has new rooms. Harris is fine. Yeah, Circus Circus is, hasn't Excalibur gotten a lot of Excalibur is like in. steps above. I guess Excalibur yeah. would be the next closest. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy that they're adding it to the Ascend collection. I could see them adding it just as a normal redemption option, but the fact that they're pushing this so high uh, as an Ascend collection, it shows that Choice really wants to be a player in Las Vegas, I guess. You know, every other... Hotel might have, might have been taken, I guess. Uh, Phil Ruffin, the guy who owns Circus Circus, uh, his TI property is a Radisson partner. Uh, but uh, So I guess Radisson didn't want it, so choice is the, uh, is the choice. Yeah, I mean, they just took over the, uh, the old Greektown Casino in uh, Detroit, so that's now a, a, an Ascend option, too. So that's a much nicer property than Circus Circus. But Except for the he, security guards, all right? I do, I do wonder <laughs> how many points a night it's going to... Uh, it's going to cost, you know, hopefully not too many, but I guess, I don't know. I don't know why anybody would want it. So, okay, moving on. All right, so moving on. So the city of Las Vegas is going to plant 60,000 trees over the next 30 years, which, you know, it seems like one of those stories that's weird because why are they planting to plant trees over 30 years? But then when I started reading into it, uh, it said that, you know, since 1970, the average temperature in Las Vegas has gone up six degrees and this is because of all the building and concrete retains heat and you know you need to dissipate that in some way of course there's a big challenge with all these trees because they have to find like water smart trees because you know Lake Mead also dropped like 22 feet in the last year and we're having this huge water shortage so yeah Las Vegas as it continues to grow urban sprawl is now dune yeah I mean six (laughs) degrees is a lot of I mean that's that's huge that's that's hot yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, um, and concrete's like the worst thing for for heat for sure. Like if you go to New York City in the summer, it's just unbearable because it's all concrete everywhere. Really, uh, it does seem like that seems like a long time to plant these trees. That you know, you'd think that they could bang it out a bit quicker than that, um, but maybe that's part of the plan because some are going to die, and and you know they can you know disperse it as the, the sprawl grows out. I don't know what what the reasoning is, but you know when you hear thirty years, you're like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, it's just like one of those numbers they pull out of uh, thin air. I will say we did have, like when I moved to Las Vegas in the 90s, we had huge flood problems. And, uh, you know, anytime it would like be a light rain, it would flood everywhere. And they had like a 40-year plan that they're still building out on for building all these flood detention basins. So I get the the need to plan. uh, But especially given that amount of change and the way Las Vegas is going to grow, we've talked about how they want to get to over 4 million people just in the next 10 or 15 years. We're passing about 3 million people in Las Vegas right now or in the Las Vegas metropolitan area. So, yeah, I, I guess it's fine. Um, you know, water shortage and all, it means they're going to be like desert sort of plants, but, you know, shade is good. All that stuff is good. But it, we're definitely struggling, I think, with the uh, the amount of growth that's happening. You're seeing it in all facets in Las Vegas, which is uh, it's tough to see. Yeah, I, you know... 
I just don't know how how much how much do you think trees are going to help? I don't know. I, I mean, mean, is it like talking, an episode? We're talking, of... <laughs> we're talking like palm trees. Like they don't provide that much shade. I don't. I don't... <laughs> now there's other trees, but is it like an episode of Parks and Rec? You know, where they all sat, you know, sat in the office and tried to come up with a plan. They're like, all right, sixty thousand trees, thirty years. Let's release it. Make everybody happy. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I almost feel like you'd be better putting up like those playground canopies everywhere or, or something. Um, but, you know, trees are better for the environment and, and, you know, carbon monoxide, all that stuff. So they add, it's added stuff and then greenery, it looks prettier. So I can see why they're going that route. I just don't know how much of a dent it's going to put in it. You know, it's just such a, it's, it's a tough problem. You know, you're going to have more problems with the water shortage, heat all that stuff as it grows i don't know what vegas is going to do but it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next 10 20 years yep it's going to get hotter that's for sure and then uh, the traffic's going to get worse yeah a lot of a lot of stuff but and i know all you guys are going to run into the comments and uh, tell us how we don't have water how are we doing it because people love to leave that comment saying what are they doing there's no water in las vegas there's still water the lake still is pretty deep bodies are surfacing but you know, no, no red flags yet. All right. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. It's, it, <laughs> just kidding. I'm starting to get worried no, myself. So let's, no, uh, it is crazy to see like pictures from like 20 years ago where the water level was. And then now it's just, it's insane. Yeah. And as I said, I just read today, Lake me down 22 feet in the last year, Lake Powell, uh, down 40 feet. So yeah, this problem is accelerating. Even all the projections about like where the lake level would be are farther. It's way off the the board. It's dropping much quicker than they thought. This is why more people should move out towards Lake Las, Las Vegas. Yeah, there you go. Bring in the yep. bring in the people. Lake Las Vegas though is a man-made lake, so you know I don't know that it's helping. You just much. Suck it out of Lake Mead and pump it in. There you go. That's basically <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> All right, so I am on a cruise ship right now, and I've done, I did a cruise, a 14-day transatlantic cruise on Carnival, and now I'm on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and so I thought I'd talk a little bit about the casinos on the ship, and then in the, some future episodes, maybe I'll talk more about their players' programs and what I'm learning about them, because these casino programs on ships, they don't tend to, like, publish as much information on what you need to earn cruises. Uh, Royal Caribbean does have different, like, status tiers, and they have, like, if you earn 2,500 points, you get a guaranteed free inside cabin. But neither program, Carnival or Royal Caribbean, publishes how you how much you earn. It's sort of like what MGM and Caesars did recently, where every game earns different amounts. You don't really know what you're earning. Surprisingly, Mark, uh, everybody loves to pan Carnival, and they love to talk Royal Caribbean, how great it is. But here I am on uh, Voyager of the Seas. There is only a handful of machines that are not like circa 2007. They don't have any of ship. those like uh, dome all lit up machines like they do in Vegas. <laughs> well, you know what they actually have. So you know all the electronic gaming stuff. Uh, D- Carnival didn't have any of that, and uh, here on Royal Caribbean they only have one game, and it's Sigbo, which is like that that, that game from uh, that Asian game. So where they have three sets of dice, and you're betting on you know what's going to show up on the face of the dice. I couldn't convince Jasmine to do it, so we'll we'll see if I can get her to to do that. But all the machines are like, you know, from like the early two thousands. I I remember gambling in the early two thousands. Those early video slot machines. They have those everywhere, and they're all aristocrat machines, which is just one manufacturer. So it's sort of very limited. Uh, they have the normal table games. I walked around yesterday. Blackjack had like twenty-five dollar minimum, but the casino is pretty dead on the ship here. I don't know if it's because we're in Europe. And uh, it's sort of a mixture of there are some Americans. There's a lot of Spanish here. So I don't know if there was like a Spanish holiday that coincided with it. There are some Scandinavians on the ship. But the casino, for the most part, was largely dead. 
But Carnival, on the other hand, the casino probably isn't as nice, like decor-wise. The, the ceilings are a little bit lower. But they have every new machine you can imagine. Like, they had just redone the entire casino or something. I mean, even machines I had never seen before, that are, they're so new, they have them there. And uh, like I think I mentioned before, they had uh, this cruise, this transatlantic cruise, they invited all of their whales on the ship. So no matter what time you walked through that casino, it was just absolutely packed. You couldn't find a machine. The table games were absolutely full. And now I wanted to ask you this, and I forgot to mention this like uh, a week or two ago. After the first night on the cruise that we were out at sea, I was in an elevator with two guys, and they were talking about the night before on the craps table. They had a, they had a streak of 72 <laughs> in a row where they didn't lose. Yeah, I mean, it's happened. And people have rolled for 45 minutes or an hour when I've been at the table yeah. before. So it's happened. It doesn't happen often. Um, and the fun thing is when you're playing like the uh, where you bet, and sometimes they'll have the bonus game where if you hit all the points, you get like a thousand to one on your bet and stuff. And I've seen that hit a couple times. I've seen five out of six and six out of six uh, a couple times each. So yeah, we've gotten there. It's very rare, um, but that's pretty crazy, especially when you have whales. They probably got murdered at that table. Like the the house lost a ton of money if they're rolling that. Yeah. And it's all big time players. Like I couldn't even imagine, but. That's a good way to kick off your uh, your cruise for sure. Usually, first night is terrible, so the, the fact that they had a fat bankroll after the first night is good. Hopefully, they stayed away after that. Yeah, well, there was thirteen more nights after that, so I doubt they did. But <laughs> so so the kind of experiment we're doing is Jasmine's trying to earn the minimum amount of points that you need to get free drinks on board, and we're seeing if that'll trigger uh, free cruise offers. Uh, so on Carnival, that's fifteen hundred points on a seven night or longer cruise. Although our night was our cruise was 14 nights, so if Carnival's doing it per day, maybe they're going to change their calculations there. Um, she did get a few offers getting off the ship, but not for a free cruise yet, so I'll let people know on that. On Royal Caribbean, anecdotally, 800 points will get you a free cruise, although uh, you need more for free drinks, so I think we're going to kind of go in the 800. But she gambled in the casino last night. Now, this is a seven-day cruise. We have an overnight in Stockholm, so we can't gamble then, so there's a lot more limited time in the casino and uh, like I said, the machines are kind of old and boring, so that might be a little bit of a struggle, but we'll see uh, how it goes. We are also on the MGM rewards sort of offer, so we got $250 onboard credit, 125 each as MGM Gold members. So uh, she, we're going to talk to the casino host, but hopefully we can get her some offers and I can get some people data points on this stuff uh, since there's not a ton of information out there. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But throughout all of this, I've put up some video so you can see the difference between the Carnival Pride and the Royal Caribbean Voyager of the Seas. I'll even throw in some video from Odyssey of the Seas earlier in the year, which is a new, brand new casino for uh, Royal Caribbean. So, you know, cruise ship casinos, some ships have large ones, some ships have uh, smaller ones. Typically, you're going to have your range of table games, but uh, the vibe is never the same for me as a, as a land-based casino. I don't know. But I, I don't know. Everybody out there, let us know, like, do you love going to cruise ship casinos, or does it just not really fill that hole for you? Mark, yeah, you're going to find out in January, February, yeah. right? Yeah, I've never been on a cruise, so I'm curious to see what what it uh, feels like. And, and and I do, and I assume it's much lower ceilings than like a land casino, which high ceilings are are important to me. I feel cramped if they're if they're lower ceilings in a casino, which just makes it like you don't want to hang out there very long because you just feel like enclosed a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how the, the whole vibe is and everything. Is it is it as much of a party atmosphere or is it just people trying can't sleep so they're just burning time, you know, type of thing? So is it is it midnight Vegas or is it 6 a.m. Vegas? 
Yeah, well, it, we'll, we'll see. It's a little bit of a, a different story. The funny thing is on the older cruise ships, these new machines have gotten so big and tall that like on the Carnival Pride, like I said, they had all brand new machines, but they would go like all the way up to the ceiling as high as they could. That's how high the ceiling was. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a different vibe. They're trying to put as much into a small area as possible. But even on Odyssey of the Seas, Royal Caribbean's newest ship, uh, at the time when we went there in February, uh, you know, they had low ceilings and, uh, you know, not the biggest amount of space. So uh, yeah, we'll be talking more about that, though, as t- time goes on. When you're, so when you're actually playing like at the table or at the machine, you don't get free drinks. Do you have to earn points to get the free drinks? Yeah, so if you're there on like a casino offer, for instance, when we did the carnival offer, uh, the fun match, we have a whole video on the channel if you want to talk about see that. That comes with free drinks, so that was the offer we were sailing on. On Royal Caribbean, you need to earn a certain amount of points in order to get free drinks. So yeah, just not going to get free drinks on the cruise ship unless you're there for with a specific offer or you meet the minimum amount of points that they require on that sailing in order it. to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that you should get the drink package on uh, on board and, and just enjoy yes, yourself. Then you get your drinks, and uh, then you don't have to worry about it. So uh, we'll keep everybody updated. I have more cruises this year. I'm trying to demystify these uh, cruise rewards programs, trying to help people maybe maximize where they can figure out how to get some comps, how to juice them up. But uh, we did a, I did a whole episode on uh, the MTM podcast on cruising as well, and we have an article I just put up on the website uh, on milestomemories.com with how I booked my seven cruises this year, saving tons of money. So check that out too if you're more into cruises. And I think that's going to do it for this week. Let us know what you think about any of these topics. And uh, Cosmo, are you really sad to see uh, Blackstone out of Cosmo, MGM taking over 30,000 trees? Let us know. Uh, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, smash the thumbs up button, tell a friend. And uh, most importantly, thanks for watching. Talk to more you next tunnel. time more tunnels to nowhere. (laughs) Bye.